that may also imply uh, closer cooperation. You need to be more resilient. You need to be more resistant first and more resilient after that. And then, of course, using commercial assets, using corporations, using all the assets you can have is, of course, a plus for, for France. And I think the, the, the feeling that it might be a plus for the U.S. From the Defense and Aerospace Report, this is The Downlink, a podcast about the intersection of space, the space business, and defense. Not just what's over the horizon, but what's happening above it. I'm your host, Laura Winter. This week on The Downlink, we're looking at U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris's four-day trip to Paris. It was packed. There were multiple events where she paid respects to American and French soldiers who died in the First and Second World Wars, a meeting on Libya, and another on cybersecurity. The event we're interested in is her discussion with French President Emmanuel Macron, very specifically the portion of their chat at the Elysee that covered cooperation in space. There were three key points. First, the U.S. and France agreed to have their national security and intelligence teams start talking about how to better cooperate in space. Second, the vice president committed the United States to participating in the Space Climate Observatory. The third piece of news is that President Macron said France intended to join the Artemis Accords. The Accords are a U.S.-led initiative. Countries that sign are essentially pledging to adhere by a set of rules governing public and private sector activities in space and on celestial bodies like the moon or asteroids. While China has been both annoyed and skeptical of the Accords, 13 major and minor spacefaring countries have signed up. France is a major spacefaring nation. If it comes aboard, that would make it 14. To help me unpack these three key developments, I spoke to Xavier Pasco, Dimitrios Stroikos, and Todd Harrison. They're space and defense experts from both sides of the Atlantic. We have Paris, London, and Washington, D.C. on the line. For our listeners, please tell us a bit about yourselves, starting with Xavier in Paris. Hello to all. So I'm Xavier Pasco. I'm the director of the French uh, Foundation for Strategic Research. And we're an independent think tank on international security and defense issues. And I've been working on the space for more than three decades. So nice to be with you. Fantastic. And Dimitrios, you're in London, right? Yes, indeed. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Dimitrios. I'm an LSE fellow in the Department of International Relations at the London School of Economics and Political Science. And I'm also affiliated with the LSE Ideas, the foreign policy think tank of the LSE. And Todd, you're a familiar voice on the Defense and Aerospace Report. You're like me, you're in Washington, D.C., um, but you are at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. What do you do there? Uh, yes, so I'm a senior fellow and director of our aerospace security project. So, Xavier, just before we started recording, you mentioned that you happen to be at a certain location with a certain U.S. vice president with a certain piece of news. Tell us about it. What's going on? Yes, I'm talking from something called the Paris Peace Forum. Uh, it's been started yesterday and will uh, uh, last until tomorrow. And we have had a lot of, uh, this is a place where a lot of multilateral uh, issues are have been discussed. 
uh, even with the uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and President Macron. And we have had uh, a moment ago uh, um, uh, an interesting session about what's called a new initiative called Net Zero Space, which is about mitigating debris in space to prevent space from becoming a polluted environment. And a number of uh, companies have signed a, a letter of intent, a declaration asking for uh, uh, new habits and new uh, behaviors in terms of uh, populating space and designing systems for preventing this increase. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, development uh, given the uh, level of the audience here. It's very much political. This is the first time such issues have been discussed at the level of political heads, I would say. And so that's the start, hopefully the start of um, a high political awareness of uh, issues that usually uh, are discussed inside the communities, the communities of specialists. So it goes a little bit beyond that. Hopefully the Paris Peace Forum is a, a start of something new. That's really fantastic news. I mean, space debris is a big uh, issue here in the United States. And I know it's definitely one of the major interests of France, space debris in terms of uh, making sure that its satellites don't get hit by it. This week, French President Emmanuel Macron hosted U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris at the Elysee, and the space domain was a key issue. But the meeting was more than that, and the issues that were discussed, wasn't it? I mean, Xavier, there was a bit of patching up of an old friendship, too. Can you give us a little bit of the background and how the meeting was received in France? Yes, it's it's still very, um, it's, it's not been publicized yet, and we're waiting for uh, messages about this meeting. What I, I think I know is that uh, part of the discussion has, uh, has addressed the uh, issue of cooperating in the future Artemis program uh, for the moon, and, and especially, more precisely, maybe on the Artemis Accord. Uh, you know that there are some uh, several states which have uh, signed already uh, uh, this so-called Artemis Accord for getting better coordinated in the future moon uh, exploration program, and France might be possibly following this meeting one of the next signatory countries. I think it's, a, it's an important issue. And beyond this, what can be said, you know, from the relationship between the U.S. and France in the space domain, that it's, of course, very, very rich, uh, both in the civilian but also in the military domain. And uh, as you may know, we have now in France a new space command that's called the... Uh, Air and Space Force. Even the Air Force has been renamed Air and Space Force. So now this, I think, sounds very familiar to uh, U.S. hearers, <laughs> as it's uh, a bit uh, parallel to what's been done in the U.S. recently. Um, even if it's not exactly the same context, not and not the same exact outputs, but still, um, this is demonstrating an increased interest in France for the use of space, both in the civilian area, but also in the military domain. And for example, I can tell you there are very good working relationship between the US and France in, the, in sharing what's called the space situation awareness data, uh, space surveillance data. I think that's a very uh, important uh, area for cooperation. I think this is something that's getting reinforced over the years. And that's, uh, I believe, both for France and for the United States, of course, a very good, very good news that this cooperation can reinforce. And just to educate our listeners who may not be so aware, 
Um, the United States and France are both major spacefaring nations, and they are already working together very closely in civilian space. As an example, the International Space Station and the upcoming launch of the James Webb Telescope, those are both key examples. But what about space security or space defense? And Todd, I'd like to go to you. From the U.S. perspective, what was this meeting about and what came out of it? Can you explain the initiatives that came out of it from the U.S. perspective and why is space so important? Why is it being talked about at such high levels now? Well, you know, you have to keep in 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 the context of you know the larger geopolitical relationship between the U.S. and France, where there is some fence mending that needs to be done over the uh, the naval nuclear sub deal. Um, so there's that context, but also you know is. is Xavier was alluding to, you know, the French have been much more forward leaning uh, in their space defense strategy uh, than many of the other countries, um, you know, not just within NATO, but other, you know, allies and partners of the United States. So France, I think, is strategically important because it is already leaning uh, in the direction uh, that the United States is going in terms of you know, bolstering our defensive space capabilities, trying to reduce the vulnerability uh, of our military, commercial, and and civil space systems. Uh, And so France, I think, has the potential to be an incredible partner uh, when it comes to those efforts. And so I think that really, you know, is a lot about, you know, what's going on with this meeting. Um, And of course, you know, as you alluded to, France has been and continues to be uh, a really important partner uh, for NASA uh, in our civil space missions. You know, the James Webb Space Telescope, the launch coming up, I think it's tracking for December 18th now. I mean, that's a, a huge accomplishment by our nations. I mean, we're looking at, you know, more than a $10 billion mission to do science that's never been done before. Uh, so I think that really this is about kind of solidifying that relationship for the future, underscoring how important it is to both countries and creating the the foundation of additional partnerships and uh, information sharing and planning, especially when it comes to military space missions. And just for me to go back to um, Xavier for a second, and again, this is for the folks here in the United States that aren't so familiar with French interest in space. Xavier, what are France's, let's say, top two, top three interests in space? And and how do they align with those interests with the United States? I think that's a a very good question. I think both countries have in common to consider that space technologies and space systems are necessary for them to perform their security and military operations. Uh, you have to realize that uh, for more than a decade now, as far as France is concerned, um, military operations in the um, Sahel in North Africa have really raised the awareness of the importance of space for being able to perform this kind of external uh, operations far from, from the territory and also on very large areas. And because of several operations, especially Serval, but also Operation Barkhane, as you know, these are uh, anti-terrorist-led military operations 
performed by France in North Africa, in the Mali, in Niger, and everywhere around these countries. Space has appeared very quickly as a necessary equipment. Okay, so you're getting more and more dependent on it. And at this very same moment, the space environment is becoming, let's say, more and more uncertain, more and more difficult to predict in terms of evolution, in terms of what's going on in space, etc. You know, more and more objects, more and more actors, more and more countries with very um, uh, diverse intents, etc. So, for example, the French Space Command, and the, and the, and Todd alluded to the uh, space defense strategy that has been. Uh, written uh, two years ago. It's been written exactly as this very moment where you're getting more and more dependent on a more and more uncertain environment. So you have some sort of a contradictory antagonist move in a sense here. And then you, you realize that you have to reorganize to face this new situation. You have to get more, uh, you know, better adapted to this very difficult situation where you're deepening more and more or something is more and more difficult to control and to predict. Well, this is the reason why we have this uh, space command. You know, it's been, we had the joint space command before it's been upgraded into a space command and all the uh, space force with more staff, uh, with more budget. Uh, there are new programs coming and there is this space defense strategy indeed that both addresses, you know, the use of space for military operation, but also addresses um, the, the issue of uh, what we call active defense, the defense, the protection of space assets. And, and there is also, all this has been accompanied by a, a political speech, you know, especially by the, the ministry, Florence Parly, which made very clear that uh, there would be a new um, doctrine, in a sense, that would be very open uh, in terms of protecting French satellites from any threats, you know. You already have to deal with the risk, you have to deal with the threats also. And, and so it gives you a feeling of how much space has been raised as an important issue, especially recently, mostly because we realized that from the military perspective, from the defense perspective, we're getting more and more. So I think we have this in common with the US. I think it's very parallel to some perception that might exist in the US. And I will end by saying that that may also imply uh, closer cooperation, by the way. You need to be more resilient. You need to be more resistant first and more resilient after that. And then, of course, using commercial assets, using corporations, using all the assets you can have is, of course, a plus for, for France. And I think the, the, the feeling that it might be a plus for the U.S., just going off of what Xavier just said and about how France's interests do align in many ways with those of the United States, what I found really interesting that came out of the White House um, is the statement, the, the fact list, I guess you could say, that the initiative is billed as a comprehensive dialogue on space. And that the fact sheet says the National Space Council, the National Security Council, State Defense, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I'm kind of wondering, what is this dialogue then going to really be about? Where is this going? Well, you know, I think part of, you know, what we have in common and our, our shared interest is getting a better understanding of what's going on in the space environment, particularly around uh, satellites that are very sensitive to both of our countries uh, for national security purposes, and also making some progress in defining and establishing a consensus around norms of behavior in space. 
And, you know, it, it's useful to recall that uh, several years ago, I think it was in 2018, uh, the French came out very publicly uh, and denounced Russia for some of its activities in space. And in particular, uh, there's this little uh, Russian satellite that's known as Lush, and it drifts around the geostationary belt in orbit, and it gets up close to other satellites, conducts you know some remote proximity operations, inspections, perhaps some surveillance as well. The Lush satellite had been doing that. Uh, I'd done that to several U.S. commercial satellites, Intelsat satellites. Well, it did it to a French-Italian military satellite as well. And the French were pretty upset about this and protested it publicly. The problem we have, though, is kind of as an international space community, is there was nothing particularly wrong. There were no rules that the Russians were obviously violating just by maneuvering their satellite close to someone else's satellite. And we're still talking distances of like kilometers here, but it is something that, you know, can appear to be threatening that could interfere with operations. And it, it's not good practice. It's not, you know, what we want, you know, in terms of norms of behavior in space that should be considered abnormal behavior. So, you know, that's just an example of where our two countries interests align and where we can work together going forward to help build a consensus around, you know, how do you properly conduct remote proximity operations? What's the difference in how you do those operations with a cooperative satellite where you're coordinating uh, versus an uncooperative satellite where, you know, you're, you may be an uninvited guest. Um, so I think that at multiple levels in our government, we can actually work together uh, to help bring more nations on board uh, and develop a growing consensus about norms of behavior in space. And now, Dimitrios, you understand the Indo-Pacific region and how it interacts with space. You know, how is the announcement of this initiative being received there? And I imagine the views are pretty wide across the spectrum. I mean, China and Australia and even India will have each pretty different and divergent views, but they're all players in this. Uh, well, I, I think, first of all, that the focus on national space cooperation is particularly interesting and is keeping in line uh, with the U.S. focus on stepping up space cooperation with key allies. So beyond traditional U.S. space partners, that is the five ICE countries, Australia, Canada, New Zealand and the United Kingdom, we are seeing the United States, uh, the United States expanding its partnerships with France, Germany, but also with key allies in the Indo-Pacific, including Japan and South Korea. And it's also interesting that the US has also been keen to promote space ties with India that involves sharing geospatial data with New Delhi, um, while also the Space Force has established military to military initiatives with Brazil. So this points, I think, to a growing recognition of the importance that allies and uh, new partners can play in promoting common interests in space. And as it has already been seen, this includes deterring hostile action, enhancing space situational awareness, and tracking space debris. So this is partly, I think, of an effort to deal with emerging global space security challenges, but it is also partly an effort to deal with the perceived challenge posed by China as a sort of uh, um, balancing behavior, if, if you like. Um, and like the United States, France um, also prioritizes the Indo-Pacific region 
Indeed, France recently participated in Naval War Games in the Bay of Bengal, involving the four core members, Australia, India, Japan, and the United States, with some analysts even calling for a quad uh, plus, including France and Germany. There are, I think, two other uh, important aspects with regards to this uh, recent announcement regarding US and France. I think it would be interesting to see whether France will join the accords, as Javier said earlier, and whether this will propel other countries to follow suit as an indication of the need for US leadership in space. And I think I also found very interesting that the focus on the use of space for, for addressing the climate change crisis. As it said in the in the actual initiative that how it was released that this is going to be a comprehensive dialogue, and I'm not really sure how 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 you know who would be best to answer this, but you know how is this going to work? You know what what are the desired outcomes? You know what are what are the challenges to actually getting there? You know what what are we doing with this comprehensive dialogue? Well, if I could jump in first, just. From a uh, maybe this is a stereotypical American perspective, but when I hear these diplomatic you know phrases like comprehensive dialogue, my eyes kind of roll back in my head uh, because really, what does it mean other than talking? And I know talking is important, um, but you know how does it translate into into action? And you know often it doesn't, uh, or it takes a very long time. You know, the United States and Japan have had a comprehensive dialogue uh, on space going on for many years. It actually has started to bear fruit. It took a long time. And part of it, you know, was the, the Japanese and their views about military uses of space had to kind of evolve a bit. But now we've gotten to a, po a point where, you know, the U.S. government is going to be hosting payloads. Uh, national security payloads on Japanese satellites. Uh, and so that is a very interesting, productive, uh, mutually beneficial step forward. You know, so the question remains, though, you know, what direction are they actually going to go with this comprehensive dialogue with France? I mean, I think, you know, as Demetrios was saying, that climate change and, you know, earth science could actually be a, a big part of that. You know, I'm still more hopeful that they go in the direction of norms of behavior uh, in space and working more closely on that. Of course, there's no, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. They could do both of these. They could do more things as well. So you're saying that they could chew gum and launch rockets at the same time. Yes. And the important point, though, is, you know, it does at some point have to move beyond talking uh, to actually walking. I just would like to jump in very quickly just to echo what George just said about this diplomatic language. I, I fully agree with him with, you know, uh, we can be a bit, uh, well, uh, let's say uh, not skeptical, but I mean cautious about what it means really. Uh, still, uh, I think, um, um, yeah, the notion of uh, using space is a more in a more comprehensive fashion, whether it's for climate change, Earth, Earth preservation, but also maybe um, using space in a more cooperative manner for security, in a sense. It may not be about uh, hosting <laughs> U.S. payloads on French satellites. I'm not sure it would be of great help, by the way. But it may be, it may be uh, trying to 
find how to work more cooperatively in a security manner, whether it's in, for, for security in space or even for security from space. And by the way, as you know, uh, in, the, in the military operation I mentioned earlier, in the North Africa, as you well know, it's well known, um, um, there's a very high level of cooperation between the two countries at the intelligence level, for example. And it's been something that's been going on for years already. And we, we cannot imagine, you know, and it's using space assets, by the way, also. Uh, we can imagine that there might be some closer relationship at some level for this kind of operation. So everything is open, I would say. But for sure, at the very moment, this comprehensive dialogue, you know, is always something very very blurred in a sense. Uh, we need to, to put some flesh on the bones. So, uh, but that's the first step. Demetrios. Yes, I think what was also very interesting was this uh, the U.S. decision or indication, if you like, to join the Space Climate Observer Observatory. So I think that might be a first tangible um, step towards this direction. Uh, to date, 33 space agencies and international organizations have joined the consortium, which was officially launched uh, by Macron in 2019. It is a consortium uh, intended to study, monitor, and respond to the impact of climate change. Um, so the US decision to join uh, the Space Climate Observatory, I think is an important step that will give additional weight to this interesting initiative. And by the way, China uh, also participates with so the China National Space Administration. So that might also provide a venue for um, some discussions with the Chinese side as well, in terms of building some trust. Although, again, we, we, we have to be quite skeptical about how these deals always move on. But I think it's also very important to stress, going back to what Todd said earlier about the importance of the responsible, uh, about establishing responsible uh, norms about responsible behavior in space. There was this very recent UK um, um, initiative that has gathered a lot of support. Um, France has been promoting the establishment of uh, norms and principles regarding the responsible behavior in space for many years. So there is scope now with the United States to move forward um, after this resolution. So just to wrap up, gentlemen, and this is sort of a, a round robin sort of question, and maybe you guys want to bounce off of each other as well, idea wise. But what should the United States and France do now moving forward with this initiative or in agreements or for any of the shared interests, you know, where, where should they be going in your opinion? Why don't we start in Washington, DC with Todd? Yeah, well, you know, um, I'd really like to see, you know, increased levels of cooperation and partnership uh, when it comes to national security space. I think that's you know, probably where we have the most to, to gain. And it could set up a framework for greater cooperation uh, with other allies and partners in space that are not part of, you know, the Five Eyes Coalition. Uh, if we can do it with France, then, you know, we can use that as a model for what we do with Japan, what we do with South Korea uh, and others, um, you know, that I think are, are going to be increasingly important when it comes to, you know, building a coalition uh, in space for national security purposes. And I think also part of that, what we need to figure out how to do is to share information at either at higher classification levels 
uh, or downgrading the classification levels, not, not to make it unclassified by any means, but you know, there are things that we might be able to downgrade uh, or give certain folks within the French Space Command access to at a higher level uh, so that we all have uh, a better shared understanding in real time of what's happening in space. And then you know, some of the things that we can continue doing are joint space exercises. And I know France you know, has led one uh, recently, but maybe we could do more joint space exercises uh, in the future to help build that cooperation when it comes to national security space. Dimitrios. Yes, just following up to what Todd said, I think, uh, I think we haven't mentioned yet also the role of NATO in, in terms of promoting uh, national space security cooperation. So perhaps this uh, new framework, uh, this new uh, initiative to, to further cooperation between the United States and France will also allow for a more comprehensive framework within NATO. Again, uh, bringing allies together, NATO has been, of course, emphasizing the importance of space very recently. Uh, so there is synergy there for further cooperation. And Xavier, in Paris, I want to give yes. you the last word. Okay, I will echo my two, uh, uh, two friends. Um, first, I wanted to point out, by the way, that this um, um, declaration is also very important to France in order to show how much it's important to France uh, to have a, a, a strong and solid relationship with the US. And it's not, I'm not referring to the recent episodes. I'm also referring to the past years, which have been at some level, good years of, of it gave good opportunities for cooperation. It also created some uh, political discussions, I would say. And I think it's also the return of a, of a mutual understanding uh, attitude, which is good, it's always good. And I think uh, uh, um, concretely, uh, I think yes, indeed, uh, sharing data will be very important. Sharing data about uh, the space environment, you know, reinforcing, I would say, uh, the mutual um, um, awareness of what's going on in space, where the threats, where the risks, this is very important. This is also, these are also signs of mutual uh, confidence. Uh, uh, so this is very important. And of course, um, uh, um, all the other cooperations regarding climate change. And again, this is also a new political departure here compared to the previous administration. Um, this is also a very, very important signal. So I think it's a normalization in a sense on the relationship. Our relationship has been sometimes a bit shaky, but uh, that's, uh, that's life. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for clearing your schedules and being able to make this possible between Paris, London, and Washington, D.C. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. That's it for this week. Be sure to come back next week for the latest in space, business, and defense. Before I go, I'd like to thank Vago Maradian, the Defense and Aerospace Reports editor, for bringing space into his media family, and Chris Cervello, who is the producer for all of the Def Aero Report podcasts. You can subscribe to the downlink on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Or you can sign up for my weekly newsletter on Substack, which carries the podcast as well. I'm Laura Winter. Have a great weekend, and thank you for listening. <laughs>